the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, I hate talking about it. The same things everyone else is talking about. So we're going to get to all of it. We'll get to NATO. We'll get to the trip. We're going to get to uh, some of the scoundrels running against Trump because you know my philosophy. He is the branch that we are hanging on to before we are sucked into the endless quagmire of socialist failure, the quicksand of absolute unmitigated failure. And what we have as Chicagoans is the benefit to see the result of how these failures rule over us like the tyrants they are. And every once in a while, I believe it's called schadenfreude, isn't it, kid? You know, where you take a little bit of joy in watching the calamity of morons. I've had that forever. Yeah, that schadenfreude. I got that. And uh, in Chicago in particular, when things go sideways, when you find out the Eddie Burke scumbag that he is, he's indicted or whatever the problem is, and it'll get dragged out right before his funeral. And then it'll go to Sandoval. He quits. Cullerton, he's going to cash in on the pension. We have all the articles because Misty Callahan, with the Betty Rubble laugh, genius. I come into the studio, there's all the articles, everything's laid out. But one kind of got me today. And the reason is because I told you so. I, we're going to have a whole segment of I told you so. Okay? I like it. Because when I do it, everyone, they gasp and they get all mad at me. And then I half the listeners email, what is this guy, crazy? You can't say that. No, no, no. I'm telling you because the tea leaves are very easy to read. Eddie Johnson, middle of October, fell asleep in the car. You see, in my neighborhood, we have guys that fell asleep in the car, too. They were winos and drunks, drug addicts and bums. Here we have the uh, the head police guy falls asleep in the car. Now everybody cuts him a break, right, because he parades the kids around. I mean, after all, that position is just a figurehead anyway, right? Commissioner Gordon on Batman. Everybody's looking at him to see what's going to happen. He'll make me feel good and safe. But every once in a while, they show themselves for what they are, just political sycophants. And from one administration to the next, the only answer is, is the chapstick out. Do they have the right chapstick applied for kissing the derriere to keep them employed? And apparently, Eddie Johnson, he doesn't have the right chapstick. But moreover, he was caught lying. Uh, Today I'm announcing that I terminated Eddie Johnson's employment as superintendent of the Chicago Police Department for cause effective immediately. Upon reviewing the materials as to Eddie Johnson of the Inspector General's ongoing investigation regarding the events of October 16th and early morning hours of October 17th and thereafter, it has become clear that Mr. Johnson engaged in a series of actions that are intolerable for any leader in a position of trust, particularly the head of the Chicago Police Department. This is obviously not a decision that I entered into lightly. However, the circumstances demanded these actions. First, 
The finding for the, of the Inspector General's report regarding Mr. Johnson, which I recently reviewed, makes clear that Eddie Johnson engaged in conduct that is not only unbecoming, but demonstrated a series of ethical lapses and flawed decision-making that is inconsistent with having the privilege of leading the Chicago Police Department. Now, obviously, she's jumping on, right? The guy went out with his pals, had a little one-too-many happens to everybody. Not everybody is the superintendent. And not everybody makes the decision to feel themselves above the law, get in a car and drive. I'm sorry. In this day and age, when you know what's going on, it's not 1972 anymore. Not everyone's driving around in Sherman tanks where you could bang into each other and not kill each other. Not to mention, you're the police commissioner, right? Commissioner Gordon. And then, the one thing, it's one thing to do something, and it goes sideways. I'll never forget a long time ago, old man told me, you want to not get in trouble after you get in trouble? Don't lie. Because you can never really hide a lie, unless you're the Federal Reserve. But you can never really hide a lie. It'll come out sooner or later. And people will be more sympathetic to those who be, you just be honest and tell the truth. What did you do? Listen, I survived. I, I was supposed to be dead. I got a kidney from my kid. I've had a hell of a year. I'm lying to the general public on a weekly basis, pretending that 2,400 shot is an improvement, right? Making the people feel like they could go shopping on Michigan Avenue without getting bopped in the head and having their, their goods stolen. It's a hard job. I would t- blew off a little steam. I got drunk with my pals, and I made a dumb decision. I'm sorry, and I'm going to resign. But no, 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 no. He covered it up. See, and this is why I never gave respect to those people who would tell you, support occupations as if they had virtues. Oh, they're doctors. They're beyond reproach. Oh, they're lawyers. They're all smart. Oh, they're policemen. They're all good. Nonsense. These jobs are occupied by human beings. Some are good, some are really bad, and most are in the middle. That's just life itself. But I, when they get caught after putting on the airs of, of above reproach, I'm sorry, the schadenfreude kicks in. Second, Johnson intentionally misled the public in a press conference he called on October 17, 2019. He was not caught off guard, and he had plenty of time to choose his words. And the choice he made was to communicate a narrative replete with false statements, all seemingly intended to hide the true nature of his conduct from the evening before. Finally, just like with the public, Eddie Johnson intentionally lied to me several times, even when I challenged him about the narrative that he shared with me. He maintained that he was telling the truth. I now know definitively that he was not. Had I known these facts at the time, I would have relieved him of his duties as superintendent then and there. Mr. Johnson failed the hardworking members of the Chicago Police Department. He intentionally misled the people of Chicago, and he intentionally misled me. None of that is acceptable. Now, see, here's the, here's the hard part. I've got dear friends of mine, relatives, policemen. I love them. They're great guys. They'll be the first to tell you. They know a lot of cops that are not really good people all the time. None of us are really good people all the time. Just ask my wife. Nobody's good all the time. It's just the way it is. I always rejected this idea that, oh, they're all police. You got to support them. And that's why, as I watch this terrible story on the news on Channel 9 right now, where they slam the guy into the curb on his face. Even if I believe the story, which, by the way, you better have cameras that prove it. I don't like the idea 
that you could do that to somebody else, and because you're a cop and he's a bum, sorry, he just is, that it's okay. And then what happens every time in this similar situation? They bring out the donut connoisseur FOP guys. All the union guys. He's all right. He had the right to do it. It was a strategic takedown. You could do that. You could tase him. Shut up, fraud. He's a 115-pound guy who's leaning on the car talking to you. I, I understand you got to protect yourself. I understand you got to go home. But you'll have to forgive me. When I was a kid, and the police I know are all people of character who line up a suspect before he gets within five feet of the car and know exactly what they're going to do. And if they feel a threat, the first thing they do is get out of the car. But that didn't look like it didn't look to me what happened. And then how does the guy go from getting licked on the face in the car, spin on in the car, to all of a sudden he's around him and he suplexes him into the curb? What are you kidding me? Until we can decipher things and until we stop buying these taglines, all cops are great. All cops are honest. All Republicans are good. All Republicans are capitalists. Until you stop buying all these taglines, we're not solving anything. Because this, this thing, this tragedy, now I understand the guy was not a solid citizen. I'm not suggesting he was. And I understand the cop has to go home to his family. I get all that. But I've got relatives who are cops that would have never slammed that guy on his face on the curb. There's just a certain point where you have to say, look, you can't act like that and you're not above the law. And I felt this way when they choked the guy in New York for selling cigarettes. And now no, they can't use a chokehold because the guy killed the other guy. This is something, this happened over the weekend. And before next year, it'll happen five more times in 50 big cities. And it isn't a racial issue. It's a mindset issue. It's a mindset that there are some among us who feel they are in charge and can control and are above repercussions of bad actions. So, do you have to make an example out of them? Something tells me when you look into this story a little bit more, you'll see that this, this young man, and that's what I believe he was, didn't have the experience to be put in. Because Chicago rushed to shove guys on the force. That was their main goal. Rather than implementing certain procedures and certain character among those officers to guarantee this kind of thing didn't happen. That's all I'm saying. And if you were able to weed out that character, and if you were able to have a conscious minimum for standards of the people you're putting in charge of authority, you wouldn't have a guy who is the head of the department lie to everybody, everybody about what happened. That was the moment of truth. That's what courage is. It's when you want to lie and you have the courage, the character to tell the truth. It doesn't come with jobs. It doesn't come with phony gold bars on your shoulder. It comes with the character within. And that's what this country is failing on. And it's at every stage of the game. And then when we get back from the break, I'm going to take your calls. 312-642-5600. If you're on the line, stay there. But we're going to go, we're going to span out a little bit. It's not just policemen. It's not just government people. It's everybody. This is going to be, we're going to have to do the whole half hour of the I Told You So segment. We'll be back after this. I got to laugh. I was, Misty just handed me this. Uh, you remember the, the Republican congressman? He got caught with his father-in-law, insider trading and all that nonsense. His name is Republican Duncan Hunter. 
for years. I'm not guilty. I'm going to fight it to the end. He just changed his play. Guilty. <laughs> got to love these guys. That's why you cannot just give up belief. You can't just say, I believe him. He's a good guy. They're all scoundrels. Just start off from the, from the standpoint of odds are the guy is lying. Much like Eddie Johnson. I'm curious to know, do you people, did you, did you know, was it obvious to just me that he was drunk in the car? It had nothing to do with his surgery and medication? All right, let's go to the phone lines. Mike on the north side. How are you, buddy? How you doing, Sean? Very good. I want to say I told you so, especially to that morning crew. They would never say a bad word about this guy. He was drunk the night that kid was shot at Burger King. Uh-huh. And then when he saw the video, he voted as a, it is a good shoot. And then he lied. And then when it came out and the black ministers and aldermen went after him, he said, I've hired more blacks than anyone else. Him and his friends cheated well, look, to get their wives on the lieutenant test, the top spots. Mike, women Mike, who never passed the test put before. Put the phone down. They're sending the cops for you right now. They know. I told you they're listening to the show. Look out. That's it. That's okay. Here I am. Come right. get me. All right. Fair enough. You ain't going to pick me up and body slam me, buddy. No, you've been on the street and department the- for 30 years. you got to be at least 325. Go ahead. Hey, 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 hey. 318, okay? All right. <laughs> Go ahead. So, and then another thing this guy lied about the whole time, his stepson, smoking weed, getting caught, and just and, they, and he just walks away. But Mike, don't Smoking you think? Weed. Don't you think it would be better for everybody? Just better for everybody if they didn't have this policy of just defend before you think. Defend as your offensive move is now your defensive move, and you drive this wedge in between the authorities and the citizens. I mean, that's the way it looks to me. Because you know what that opens the door for? This walking fraud. The reverend from the Church of perpetual tax evasion jesse jackson first one around the arm with the with the mother whose kid got slammed on the curb first one down there with all this nonsense if you just really implemented a policy of honesty i think you would win over the citizens far more than this divide where i just have to believe what you say because you have a job to me it's just no 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 they don't care about honesty they all want corruption they all want to try to get a a piece the city went on a hiring bitch before they had their hiring freeze, and all these new guys that's, got hired. That's binge. They were big smiles. Binge. A binge. Oh, binge. And they, and they said, listen, I don't have to do any work anymore. I'm on the city. I said, I got 30 years. If I'm getting out of the truck, I'm dragging you out of the truck. I'll tell you. You're going to work like a Hebrew slave. When I Oh, there's all kinds of bigotry in there. All right, listen, thanks for calling the show, you crazy kook, you. Um you know, when I saw that they were going on for the just get numbers in there, just get bodies in there, that's when you know down the road the ramifications of those actions are going to be not good. So the, the reason I said this is I listen, the only show I listen to is the morning show. I love it. Okay. Today they had Amy Jacobson on and Bruce Wolf. By the way, that's my Bruce Wolf. I don't know. They all, they all just, the radio prostitutes, they'll go with anybody. Anyway, um, they had on the, the, the guy from the FOP. And they ask him, uh, how long was the guy on the job? You know what the guy said, the head of the FOP? Well, I don't want to discuss that. Why? See, the minute you do that, it's like, my, it's like when you ask your kid a question. Why did you do Well, I don't want to tell you. Well, because you're obviously lying. You're about to lie or you're embarrassed of the answer. And that's the reality here. You, you were in a hurry to throw on thousands of guys. You hired people based on race. That's how the way it goes in the city. 
And then you force them through the academy. God knows if you cut the standards. And now they're all on the street. And the next thing you know, you got a guy on Thanksgiving getting his head plowed into a curb when you could have just handcuffed him. If he did all of those things, even if he did, what are you, are you too... Are you too cowardly to just put him on the car and handcuff him? Because I don't think a reasonable person could look at that and say that's okay. I'm sorry, it's not. Even if the guy's a bum, even if the guy's a drug addict, even if the guy has schizophrenia. When I was a kid, cops had a certain dignity about themselves. They didn't have to prove that they could body slam you into the curb. To me, that's what it looked like. Now, maybe I'm judgmental, but you'll have to forgive me. I've witnessed history, and it's kind of obvious to me. That the story doesn't hold water. He licked his face. He spit in his face. He's leaning on the truck and the guy runs around the side and hit. Well, which one is it? Is it the guy whose face he licked? How did he lick his face if he was driving a car and he's on the passenger window? Now, maybe there's some of the video we didn't see. Thankfully, the citizens of Chicago and Illinois have been paying millions of dollars to, I'm sure, somebody's cousin so that they could install those cameras in the car. So let's just see the video. See, if, if it was honesty... The first thing that would have been done is they released the crime. Show me the guy licking his face and spitting on him. Because what it seems like now is you send out a bunch of information where everyone is to to believe that he was worried that he had AIDS because he got spit in his mouth and his eye. See, the story just keeps escalating. For anybody that raised kids, this is how they double down on lies to me. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I'd be curious to know what you think. And we got a caller, Brian. Thanks for calling the show, Brian. How are you? Hey, Sean. Uh, First off, in particular with the city of Chicago, and somewhat to some of the suburbs, patronage plays a big part of this. No. Uh, these guys have a Chinaman. They get on the job. They all think they're going to get a desk job, working day shift, weekends off, and suddenly they find themselves on the street, and they're very, very resentful. I don't want to support the police. I want to support the good police. There we go. That's the... I agree you know, with you. That's and that's why, that's Brian, that's you, you can't turn over because what's on, the, what's on the horizon is they're going to try and implement the New York completely unconstitutional stop and frisk. If you listen to what the Republican Party and a lot of the neocons want, is they want more force given to authorities who have a rabid history of misuse. And that should be the exact opposite to me. And, and, and if you want to build credibility among the people, quite honestly... I think Lori Lightfoot did the right thing today, and I don't support her on anything. I think, you know, listen, I think she's just a figurehead. Yeah, but I, I like what she did today, and I'm curious to know. I, you know, how, all I kept thinking about it as she was doing it is how, the, how many Republicans, rather than listen to what she's saying, are just up there saying, she hates the cops, I hate her, rather than listening to what she's saying. I think it's important. I've got good cops, friends, good relatives. I need a thousand of them. I don't need a thousand of the guys that will slam your head into the curb because you spit in his face. Thank you very much, Brian, for the call. I appreciate it. We got time for another call? Yeah. All right, Jim. Take it away. How are you? Thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going, bud? Good. Hey, listen, so I, I kind of disagree with you in the, the whole, you know, the spit in the face cop thing. Good. How do you know that's not a good cop? How do you know he's not a good guy out doing his job? That guy spits in his face. He could have the hiv, AIDS, whatever. Yeah. He just, he just committed a felony with a, with a deadly weapon, essentially. That guy deserved to get his ass kicked and thrown down to the ground. People don't respect cops anymore, and they're going to pull that. Well, well that, it's time that, to give up the PC crap and start taking taking things back into control. Well, do you know what a cop's job is? To, is what's a cop's job? It's to, to enforce the law. No, 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 no. no I mean, what's it really? What is it? It's protect and what serve. It? It's protect and serve. Sometimes it's no, to protect. No, that's on the side of the car, dude. That's just on the side of the car. 
their 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 job is to enforce the law. Jim, and if people people get too pissed off about getting arrested, don't do the crime. Jim, you can't do the time. Do you know? Do you like history? Do you know about history? I do. Do you, yeah, know, I do, do you know what the Gestapo was? I do. It was the police force. Did you know that? And do you know how it became so strong to where it broke a thousand windows? Because it kept getting more and more power to do all of the things you said. You do understand, in this country, that guy whose face got slammed in, he has rights, number one. Number two, is he convicted because the cops said so? Do you need any proof or you just need the cop's word? Why, do we, why can't we go with the cop's word? What's wrong no, with, no, no. with why, the cop's word? Why, what, 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 no, no. what all of a sudden has made the cops the bad guys? Who knew that curb was there? That First curb of all, it's wasn't a, right it's, there. it's a cop. Not cops. It's a cop. Right, it's a cop. So how do you know that cop did the... He, he's wrong. Why is he wrong? That guy spit in his face. That, that's a... <laughs> and that's... That, I agree. That's how people get led. All he needs is a story. And that's why propaganda is useful. I cannot wait to see the real one. Just like I said about Eddie Johnson. And those are the same kind of callers who said, what are you talking about? How could you say that? Same kind. Some people love to be followers. Not me. Not here. 312-642-5600. Get the latest weather, traffic, and news updates online at 560theanswer.com. Time now for the AM560 Opinion Express poll question. Considering recent violence in public spaces, how much more are you staying aware of safety in crowded areas? Vote online at 560theanswer.com. This hourly segment is brought to you by On Target Radio. From firearms and Second Amendment rights to personal freedoms and government intrusions, listen here Sunday nights at 9. So I got him, the show's over. To the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, Funky Comadina. I love the outrage when you ask people to think. Does anybody remember the name John Burge? Anybody? Torturing people for 30 years. Hiding behind the badge. I have respect for cops because I assume they are above reproach. They have the character to do those things that are not just on the side of a car. See, to me, that's a covenant. As a law enforcement officer, you have a lot of opportunity to abuse. And we could go through the list. It isn't just in the movies of Bad Lieutenant. You remember the 7-5 in New York? Were 250 bad cops. They just had another bust in New York. Prostitution, gambling, drugs. You've got millions and millions and millions of exchange dollars in drugs every day. There's, there's no bad cops in that whole thing? No, none. But we're supposed to just look at things. You don't want to be politically, you've got to be politically correct. It's not about politically correct, it's correct, dummies. I'm sorry, I don't bend over for anybody. You get respect when you've earned it. Not because you got a job, especially in a system that hires people based on what exactly? We got to hire 10,000 people, 1,000 people, 400 people. Are they all good people? I don't know. And when, when, when you're starting to suplex weaker people onto curbs, that's not much of a character. So let's say he got spit on. Then he got hot and he overreacted. And he shouldn't be a cop. Because cops get the respect from us because they have that character. They have that integrity. That's the difference. I don't want to just give it to everybody.
because that's how you get the bad lieutenant. That's how John Burge hides in a society. Or did he hide? You think John Burge, nobody knew he was a bad cop? Did other cops protect him? See, they need to be the ones that are, that are monitoring their own population. They need to be the ones that are turning in the bad ones. Instead of coming together when one of these tragedies happens, like it did in the Van Dyke case, and running cover and making excuses. I'm sorry, is it bombastic to think? Because talking points, believe me, they're up and down the aisle. And all of the people who are putting that stuff on Facebook, turn the channel, stupid. All right, let's go to the lines. Bart, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Danny O. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I want to say, first off, I mean, just as a couple of guys, if somebody spat in our face, there'd be a comeuppance. That's, That's right. why we shouldn't do that. Because we're not good enough for, to be police. I'll be the first one to say it. I'd have been the first well, one to overreact. And I also want to say, like, my dad was a Marine. And I know you were saying before you were taught to shoot by a Marine. Mm-hmm. And when I hear of a scandal in the Marine Corps, I go, wow, that's surprising because you think. But it's going to happen when people are people. The inability to realize evil is the biggest evil of all. And um, a lot of times these virtuous you know, professions, they bring the worst of us so that they can hide in plain sight. You know, whether it's the priesthood, whether it's cops, right. whether it's, it's the military. These people, oh my God, it's my own personal trout farm. And Bart, I can rock this thing. The, the people in Chicago are writing checks for this kind of behavior, and these cops are just turned back loose. There are, you know, I mean, what is the repercussion for this? I'm sorry, but I, I, I understand how hot, and I agree with you. Someone spits in my face, that's go time. I get it. But we're yep. not cops. Cops to me are supposed to arrest them. Arrest them, ruin his Thanksgiving, make somebody come and get him, charge him with a felony, do I, throw the book at him. I'm all for there it. There you go. But I'll tell you what, yeah. I've been in a lot of fights in my life. And the curbs are always used. And I'm going to tell you right now that that I can't believe the guy lived. I'm amazed the guy's alive. And when you look at it, the guy was standing on the side of him already. How did he get there if the guy is aggressive? Because if I'm aggressive, you ain't getting next to me. Right. So I don't like the the cover up stories. The curb is a a finishing. It's a kill move. Oh, exactly. The curb is a real problem. You know. It's not something you do to hurt somebody's feelings. No, thank you, Bart, for calling the show. But I, I couldn't help but notice the similarities in the, sto- the cover-up stories. How, why were you parked there? So I had a couple drinks with my medication, and I dozed off. Oh, seems like a nice cover-up story. What happened? Why? How did he slam him onto the curb? He spit in his face, and he could have HIV. And you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but I like to think a little bit rather than to believe the state all the time. Always, always subservient to the state. You see the apparently that's the new Republican political correctness. Don't question the state. Just sit there and eat their excuses like it had mustard on it. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. All right. Kevin, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean. Happy holidays or Merry Christmas, whatever you believe in. Me too. You too. Thank you very much. Kevin. I had a question for you, but you pretty much well just answered it. Oh. I'm just thinking, you know, that, that cop, if he's telling the truth, of course, that cop's a human being, too. Oh, I would you know, love it. Listen, mean. I want the guy to tell the truth. I got, I have enough of you out on those streets. I don't need right. them hating cops anymore. I get it. But they're not helping themselves either when you circle the wagons around this nonsense. You know, and I right. saw and you saw it with the Van Dyke thing. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at the video, and you're lying in my ear. What, what the hell's going on here? 
I mean, that's the problem, because you know how much respect they would have if all of a sudden they would have said, listen, we did not teach this guy to slam someone's head into a curb. We didn't teach him that. We didn't teach him to suplex the guy. Right. You, know, you know what an academy is? An academy is weeks and weeks of training of how not to use excessive force. So obviously this guy got a D in that course. Their entire thing is to understand they are to, to protect and serve, but also to, to, to treat with respect. You could tell from a lot of things going on in the city of Chicago and around the world, they don't have much respect for the citizens. And I get why. They're human beings. But at a certain point, we have to have at least some minimum standards. And the overreaction of bodily harm, where the citizens are going to write the check to this guy's family, that to me, somebody should at least lose their job. And the idea that we're circling the wagons to protect this guy, that's what I, I really irritated me this morning. To hear the union guys, it's just like the movie The Irishman. The union, what did you do? Did you steal? Don't give up any names and you'll keep your job. It's the same thing. And I hate that. But thank you very much, Kevin, for calling the show. Because if you're going to be part of a government, you got to have some integrity. you got to have some honor and dignity. Otherwise, it's just morons fighting morons on different lies. And we'll get to global warming later. 312-642-5600. Crack staff here at AM560, the answer. Across the country, average police academy, six months. Anybody want to guess what it is in Chicago? 14 weeks. Well, let me tell you something. Why don't we start in the suggestion box with number one? Why don't you at least do the six months the other the other rest of the country does? Well, I mean, could we compromise maybe a little bit? Maybe you'll stop getting, because that's the get. Someone will always, a liar will always show you where he's lying. How long was he on the job, FOP man? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. All right, thanks for calling the show. Lewis, how are you? Uh, hello, uh, Sean. Uh, I got two comments. Yes. Uh, my first comment is, what happened to the body cam and the de-escalation training that we pay the police department for? Uh, my second comment is, is that, uh, what happened to the two officers that stopped Eddie Johnson, you know? Uh, when they stopped him, did they give him the sobriety test, or, or what was their statement? Those are Thank for, you. Those are for me and you, and they got promotions. Thank you so much, Lewis, for calling the show, and that's my point. Could you imagine? Because who watches the watchers is always a great expression. And when you have a, a, an instance where this particular body has, a, has an organization that's first reaction is to protect it and come up with a cover story, rather than saying, well, we're going to look into all of the available material. This does seem to be excessive. However, he may have been justified. Let's get the story. Let's review the tapes, and we will circle back with you tomorrow that's that seems reasonable to me but within seconds the cover story was out there and that to me is the indication of a wrongdoing now like as i said to you before i respect police I, i i but only the good ones see the bad ones who are in on this serpico nonsense the bad ones who are covering for the drug dealers who are covering for the crime in their own administration anybody remember Greylord? Anybody remember the history of Chicago? And I will never forget watching that slob, Burge, retire down in Florida. Do you know he didn't, he died. He never got, what did he do? Did he, what did he serve? Did he serve anything? Did he serve like 16 months or 14 months? Do you realize what he did to hundreds, if not thousands of families? Torturing innocent people into confession. 312-642-5600. 
That is communist status stuff. That's why the state is to be restrained, not us. We're not to be restrained. Verlon, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? How's it going, brother? Good. Hey, I haven't commented on one of these inflammatory issues in a long time, so I'm going to take a crack at it. Go ahead. Uh, I want to comment on both both police officers. Now, when it comes down to the guy that slammed the guy onto the curb, well, the police officer that slammed the guy onto the curb, mm-hmm. put me in a small room with him. I'll show him some real wrestling. Back in 89, I went sections and I went city. Yeah, but I'll show him how to you wrestle. You could also I fit in a 32 pant in 89. You can't do that anymore. Here's the other I think thing. I still got here's the, here's the other I think part. I still got it. Here's the other part of the story that doesn't make sense to me. You got partners. There's definitely partners. In fact, you saw it. If it was such the danger, why was the one guy still in the car? See, if, yeah. if, if you and I are partners on the road, okay, and I see something go down and you're yelling, I'm out of the car. I'm there to help you. I don't like the story because the other thing is no. they have two body cameras and a camera inside the car, yet the only video we got is from another one? Why? Right. And that might, that might right. even right. be, that, that's a civilian that took that video. That's not even a police video. Right. So I thought we were going to solve all this with this video technology that the citizens of Chicago paid tens of millions of dollars for. Yet whenever something goes down, I don't know, sound wasn't on. Huh? Camera's off. I mean, come on, this is right out of the 60s. Thank you, Verlon, for calling the show. I appreciate it. Let's go to a cop. John, thank you for calling the show. How are you, John? Hi there. Well, you know, I had to chuckle about the AIDS thing because back in the day when I was a policeman, mm-hmm. uh, it was TB you worried about when you got spat on either in the eye or in the mouth. And there's another thing that you need to consider with policemen. When you hire on a police officer, understand that he is the most powerful person in the justice system. He is judge, jury, and executioner. I agree, man. That's why they got to be a certain character to me, John. And, and I will tell you, I have a lot of contact with the cops yet. Um, sometimes the most educated ones are the worst. Well, you just you described know? life. I was a commodity trader. I feel the same way. Used to love it when a guy graduated yep. from Harvard. Come walking in in his red jacket. <laughs> love it. But, John, don't you think back then, now I'm assuming you were a cop in the 90s, 80s, whatever it was. 78 you, to 92. Don't you think back then, that just that they, there was a different character. They could convey that respect by their presence. And you look at these cops and how they dress and how they act and the attitude that they have. Sometimes they remind me awful, a lot like the gangbangers they're watching. I know that's bombastic, yes. but I have to tell you, I'm, I, I'm a worldly. I go in these neighborhoods. I'm very familiar with it. And sometimes I'm not sure who the, who, who, who's the bigger Guy, I got to be afraid of, and the reality the is, that, cops used to be people you ran to when you were in trouble, and you're not seeing that. The guy anymore. that looks the, the guy that looks most military out there on the street is the guy that is not. Oh, look at that, John! You made my day. Okay. Thank you for calling the Thank show. You. I really appreciate okay. it. All right, we'll be back to this, and we'll do the whole other. I oh, we got uh, we have a guest, Shalady at six oh four. We'll take your calls. I know those lines are packed. I love it. 312-642-5600. Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago. Exclusively here for 72 hours. 
be here till <laughs> be here till Wednesday, and then uh, won't be me. I'll be in Florida because you have to leave Illinois. We're going to talk Illinois economy, national economy, with my favorite, favorite pit guy, only because I'm not there anymore. Scott Shalady. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good evening, Sean. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. But you know how my brain works. I hear something and I got to think. I know about how it. your brain doesn't. I know how your brain doesn't work. Okay, either that. way, either way, it doesn't work because I don't digest the, the 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 blather of just propaganda they're being fed. Because I keep thinking to myself, economy's very strong, right? You cut the rate three right. times in a year. You're extending the repo market. It's like it's wait, a, wait, wait, wait. You can't say the economy is very strong and then say we cut rates three times. Oh, but that's what they keep saying. You see, now you sound like me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I told you, Sean. I'm a common sensocrat, right? Right. Oh, about, I like you know, that. Just yeah. So okay. I'll just jump in. I mean, the, <clears throat> we had some pretty abysmal numbers today. I don't know if you saw that, but that's why the market turned south, and it should have. And everybody gets their knickers in a twist about why you know the market's down, and you know it's not allowed to ever go down again. Um, but the bottom line is this: you know, coming into this morning, we had the Dow, the S and P, and the Nasdaq up a respective twenty, twenty-five, and thirty percent. If anybody think that's you know, anybody thinks that's normal, they had another thing coming. That's that's well out ahead of what would be ever expected, and we're allowed to have the market pull back and, and, and come off. Number one and number two, there are some parts of the economy that just aren't doing well. So uh, it's not all you know tea cakes and lemonade here, right? So, so there's some ugly parts of things, and you say it a lot. No one else really talks about <clears throat> the deficit, but there are some uh, there's some problems, and we're still waiting for the trickle down when. Uh, you see these tax cuts come through, and it does make the consumer feel better. And everything looks a little bit rosier from the consumer's point of view, 401K, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we need, not, we need to see those extra tax receipts from everything doing, everything doing so much better to kind of hit the government. And, 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 and that's happening, but not at the pace it needs to happen. Confidence is not reality, right? You don't have to just be a boxing fan to realize that. Confidence is yeah. not reality. And I, no, I and can't that's a problem. The, go ahead. No, but that's the problem. We're not judging. <laughs> the problem is, is we're not judging on reality, or the whole thing would be a different deal, right? That's why deflation is such a bad word, especially at the Fed, because you know, out of fifty books that are written on how to run an economy, you know, forty-nine of them are how to take care of inflation, because deflation is a psychological state, right? I don't want to spend any money; it's going to be cheaper next week, or next month, or next year, and nobody knows how to pull people out of that funk, except for the fact Europe's in one. And as a matter of fact, we're seeing new behaviors that we have never seen before. And I don't know, without making the listeners' ears go over, <clears throat> glaze over, and they don't want to hear anything anymore, but we have negative interest rates in Europe, right? So you have to pay back less than you borrow. It doesn't make sense. However, it's supposed to make you invest more, right? It's supposed to penalize you for putting your money in the bank. Take your money out and invest it in here. Take your money out and build this plant. What it's doing is people don't trust the politicians and the bankers anymore. So they're just pulling their money out and put it in their pockets. So all the while they're pushing interest rates to more and more of a negative rate, they're seeing deflation. So I think this is a direct result, and this could only happen in an economy, in a macro system, where the people have surrendered their idea of what fundamentals and principles are and have just just bowed down to collectivism. And now we have these few politicians who are making snap decisions overnight in the morning 
tariffs here, tariffs there, whatever the case may be. That's just one aspect of it. And now you have the entire old conservatives chanting for this collectivist populism. And I don't see an exit. And what I'm concerned with is that now that we're in this neighborhood, we can't get out. Can we get out of this collectivist Keynesian lie? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> because the, okay, interview's over. I'm going to go home and prep. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's going to be over first, the, the, uh, the, the economy or the world because of climate change? Um, <laughs> The, the problem is, is that uh, we're judging everybody, you know, first of all, the economy, uh, interest rates and your 401k have become headline news. Back in the day, Sean, it was at the back of the news right before sports. Right. So everybody had to sit through that to watch sports. Right. Right. Now there's TV shows and stations dedicated to a 24 seven. So it's in the mainstream and everybody's cheering it on like it's some sort of team playing a game. And again, like what happened today, look, these markets are up phenomenally well over the year. And there is a, any moment that could drop two, three, five percent. And that's still OK, but not to the general public because we're caught in this trap of short termism. And short termism isn't brand new, but it's relatively new because these economists and these are judging these CEOs on a quarter by quarter basis. You can't. It's the same way with sports. You, you bring in a head coach and if it doesn't win right away, they get rid of them. I mean, it takes time. It takes time for a CEO to put through a three to five year plan. But if that thing's not yielding results in six weeks, six months, or you know two quarters, he's gone. So everybody has to, you know, everybody has to suck the exhaust of this short termism, and it gets there, there isn't anything solid that comes from that, whether it's sports or the economy. And I'm listening to other shows, and I, you know, I, I watch Fox like everybody. I watch uh, your show that, that that's on, and I, you know, when you're not on, I just constantly hear this talk of a parabolic market of which it is however debt is outpacing the market and no one seems to want to discuss it and i don't just mean national debt my biggest fear is the unsecured corporate debt which is really anchored on a depreciating magic asset that can be folded up at a moment's notice and I thought that the story of GE being technically bankrupt that broke seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago, would kind of make people take pause. Instead, they're ignoring it. And I am just, Scott, I don't even know how to look at it anymore. I just keep thinking to myself, am I in the twilight zone? Well, I mean, you're, you're going to have to wait for a day of reckoning where the interest rates really do rise. But the problem is, is that things are so bad so, so in so many other places around the world that we're, I don't, you know, interest rates aren't going to run away from us here. So these, this corporate debt that's piling up isn't really going to come home to roost until you see interest rates rise. But if interest rates start to rise, those will all default, and then the economy will sink again, and then they're not going to raise interest rates. So we're in this never-ending cycle of bad, bad decision-making that's going to lead to ultimately some sort of reset button, and that's the nicest way you can put it. But we can't continue down this path forever. And the short-termism, making decisions on something for tomorrow rather than something for next year, is really the sickness that we've got ourselves into. And a lot of other aspects of our life, not just the economy, but you can watch all those television shows, and they rah-rah that stock market like it's an actual team playing. Now, I'll say this. Everybody needs to know. This is the one thing they'll never tell you, and they get mad at you when you bring it up, is that as long as our population is growing, they're buying some time. 
because as long as we keep bringing in, whether it may be illegal immigrants for the Democrats to, to be new Democratic voters or Ill- illegal immigrants for Rep- Republicans to be good new illegal workers, okay, that is still going to expand the economy because you're introducing new customers to buy stuff from companies that are floated on the stock exchange. And by the way, the stock exchange, the, the amount of investable companies today than 30 years ago is exactly half as many with yeah. way more money out there. What do you think is going to happen to the stock market? So these, you know, this, this, this house of cards, I guess, was what I'm feeling you're talking about, too. Exactly. It's, it's true, but it's, there's the, the day of reckoning could be a way, this could last a lot, a lot longer than you and I, you know, everybody could have their minds lost a lot longer than you and I can call it, because yeah. that's what's facing us right now. Well, they should let Bernie Madoff out of prison and give him a Nobel Prize in economics, the way it sounds... <laughs> First best idea. I mean, it is just, and and as we as we realize that the parabolic stock market still, as as ridiculous as these returns are, unheard of, just fifteen twenty years ago, you're still with all of this activity not living up to the pension system that you've made promises to, in the public or private sector. And I'm wondering, isn't someone going to say, well, how could you possibly make these obligations whole? without new taxes and Ponzi scheme you're speaking of. If a market like this can't pay off these pensions and help bail these, this pension system out, what is it going to take? And then you that, re- that's, a very, that's a very good point. You're, you're, you're speaking some truth there because this is the only type of market that they had any chance of getting back some sort of lost ground. But when you have these pensions pegged at 5 6% year-over-year increases and they don't have all the money invested in the stock market, like they shouldn't because that's prudent, but the stock market, you know, but they're coming in at two percent, three percent. Well, guess what happens if you if you're half of what you're supposed to make last year, you've got a really long way to go next year. And then if you don't get next year's done, you're in big trouble. Just look at Chicago. That's exactly what's happened in Chicago. So only twenty five percent of the money's there. I mean, just shrug your shoulders and look at anybody that's got a, a pension with Chicago and say, hey, it's only you only got one one out of four bucks really staring you in the face. That's all that's really there. What are you going to do about it? What's you know, Chicago going to do about it? It's going to make tarp, it's a bad, bad problem. Tarp is going to look like an appetizer when they get the yeah. bill. <laughs> right. It's it's just right. insane to me, Scott. And and here's here's my problem: is is there going to be a political? Is there room for a politician to say we have to stop the lie and fix the hole in the boat? Rather, you can't than get just, elected, or she, anybody yeah. that would came, no one's going to get elected on that platform. Oh, boy, you're going to love the next segment. You know what I'm going to do in the next segment? I'm going to play the opposition. I was was listening to you on the way home with the I told you so's, and then the policeman that got spit in the face, Uh and then this will be all good. Everybody's going to go home and just shut the lights off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they already shut the radio off. That's the good news. You could have said anything. Nobody's listening. (laughs) Listen, Scott (laughs) Shalady, I appreciate it so much. When are you on? Are you on? You're on every day, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be on 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, Fox, Stuart Barney. All right. I'm still the best-looking guy that was ever down there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. jaw, everything. <laughs> Thank you very Only much. Yes. Yeah, All I, got right, a, guys. I got a face for radio. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. 312-642-5600. There's always an answer. The answer is capitalism. The answer is us. We've got to get to it and stop embracing corporatism, and we'll talk about that in our next segment. Remember I told you I got that schadenfreude? I got that thing, too, where I, I love it when people hate me. I love it. They come up there. What is wrong with this guy? Some lady thinks I'm Joe Walsh because of the tone of my voice. Something tells me, honey, go pet the cats. 
Pet the cat, spinster. That's for her. But here's the other thing that bothers me. I'm doing this because I don't want the Democrat, socialist, communists in hiding to win. You get it? Joe Biden, you see him licking his wife's fingers? My word. You think it can get dark enough for Jill Biden? Can it get dark enough in that bedroom? I don't think so. Last thing you want is a ray of light coming in there. It's like Jan Schakowsky's husband. Turn the lights off! Anyway, we're going to finish out the I Told You segment. Because when I said it, people went crazy. The Trump Krishnas called the station, writing on Facebook, emails. How could he speak against the infamous, the lovable, the, the Trump's best friend, Joe Biden? Well, apparently... All I needed was one of those phony British accents and the lack of hair to get on Fox News. Did you hear what uh, Steve Hilton said? How the whole fiasco started in the first place with wild stories cooked up by a Ukrainian oligarch and amplified by his lawyers, Joe DiGenova and Victoria Tensing, their client and Fox News contributor, John Solomon, and of course, Rudy Giuliani. But this week... Wait, I said Joe Biden... I meant Rudy. The people knew I meant Rudy. I just want to get on clear. I didn't like Roger Stone. Freak that he was. He looked like the albino villain from a Bond movie. Didn't like him. I didn't like that Wayne Newton freak. What was his name? Paul uh, Manafort? Come on. These guys were scoundrels. It was always the guys around him I can't stand. I actually like Big Donnie. Flying around. I mean, it'd be fun. But look at who's around him. And then Wilbur Ross. I mean, my word. Somebody put him out the pastor, for God's sakes. They're bringing him on Fox. He doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. All right, here's Steve Hilton again. We learn more disturbing details about Rudy's role. It turns out that the former mayor's own personal business interests are wrapped up in all this. To put it oh. simply, he's been trying to enrich himself on the back of his relationship with President Trump. And you know what? I'm just fed up with a lot of them. Rudy Giuliani was a great mayor and a great leader. But he's turned into an unmitigated, and now it seems unethical, disaster. While President Trump has been trying to govern for the American people, all these hangers-on have been trying to make money for themselves off Trump. They're a bunch of chancers, grifters, and spivs, taking advantage of the president to do dodgy deals in the world's shadiest places. Before they completely derail this presidency and its substantive historic policy results on China, the economy, and much more, it's time to dump these toxic chumps. Isn't that what I said? I said the same thing. Is there people freaking out? Aside from Rudy Giuliani, who's going to sue him now? Go ahead, sue him. You know, see, I, I remember Rudy Giuliani as a mayor before September 11th. I remember his misuse of force, like we talked about in the first segment. That was modus operandi for Giuliani. His misuse of the RICO Act as he bankrupted anybody that was either related to or said hello to a a gangster in in Little Italy. They all were bankrupted with the RICO Act. And he's he's touted as a hero. I mean, I'm 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 worried at how comfortable we are as a society to throw our 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 trust and our acceptance behind cult of personalities versus fact. And that's why. I want Trump to win because the idea that these socialists at best communists clearly could potentially lead this country. We already are having a hard enough time when we have guys who say they're conservatives. in. We're going to have a hell of a time when they have uh, guys in there who make Barack Obama look like Milton Friedman. And if you think I'm wrong, 
You know who scares me the most out of all of these guys? Tom Steyer, and I'll tell you why. He's got the money. He's got the full credibility with that nonsense scam. Green energy. Which right now, as we talk, there is a plot in the U.N. where Trump is. They want to implement a universal carbon tax. That means everybody around the world is going to pay. See, they have to figure out two things. How to even come close to making the payments on the debt that they've accumulated that we cannot even comprehend. And how to cast us into servitude for a thousand years. And what a great scam the green energy is. It's almost better than insurance. Because they can penalize you and tax you for your very life itself. And instead of being rejected, guys like Tom Steyer are touted. And this guy, you listen to this commercial. Donald Trump failed as a businessman. He borrowed billions and left a trail of bankruptcy and broken promises. He hasn't changed. I started a tiny investment business and over 27 years grew it successfully to $36 billion. I'm Tom Steyer and I approve this message. I'm running for president because unlike other candidates, I can go head to head with Donald Trump on the economy and expose him for what he is, a fraud and a failure. I love it when those, when those wimpy guys get all like angry, doesn't he? Just get back on the horse side saddle, okay, Sally? Right away. All right, we got a caller on the line. Let's go to Candace, formerly of DuPage. How are you? Hi. Nice to talk to you. Um, Tom Steyer reminds me so much of Rauner, so I don't think that um, he has a chance. He's weird looking. Is he married to a scarecrow? Yeah, he's weird. No, but is he he married to a scarecrow? Because I I think he's normal height. I mean, I get it, but, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. No, I don't think he's the one that you need to watch out for. He has no chance, but... Um, but, you know, the Steve Hilton thing, um, I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm not for any kind of corruption, but I- I'm skeptical. Um, have they really come out with the facts yet on this, Giuliani, or is this a claim? Because, I mean, Steve Hilton kind of goes back and forth. So here's, so here's what they got, skeptical. and this is, this is what's trying to be squashed. Rick Perry, okay. Rick Perry, the guy who thought that, you know, we'd buy if he was smart if they slapped glasses on him, he has a major contributor in Texas. Contributor is an oil man. They, right. they were involved in setting up an oil company called Energy 45, which, I mean, are you kidding me? Is this like the Keystone Cops can't figure out? So Energy 45, <laughs> Energy yeah. 45 was going to be leveraged in to take the place of Burisma. So the idea was, and you know me, I speculate. This is radio speculation. Just like I speculated about the cop being drunk in the car. Right again. Just like I'm speculating about the credit bubble being sold as a good market. Right again. Right. Just like I speculated about Van Dyke. Right again. I was the first. Took a lot of heat for that. Anyway. So they set up to leverage out Burisma. And in these little communist third world countries, they exist on corruption that would make Chicago look normal. That's just how they're run. So instead of abandoning them, just replace it with your company. Now you're the new guy. And that's why... They had the oligarch in place, and that's why Rudy Giuliani was at the, uh, at the meeting in the thing. Where's the sea in Ukraine soon? That's why Rudy Giuliani was in the meeting with the two Ukrainian guys with the ball bearings for heads. It all makes sense. Just pan it out and lay it out like you're solving a crime. And that's exactly what, you, what you're doing when you, when you figure this out. Okay, we're solving but, a crime. But, okay, that's fine. But, however, 
there were a lot of places where George Papadopoulos and all these people were, you know, were coordinated to be. Um, and it was all a setup, an entrapment. Look at Flynn, you know, Secretary well, of State. I don't know. Um, if it is, then let it play out. But what the hell yeah, is Rick, what the hell is Rick Perry, fine. his number one donor, and Rudy Giuliani doing with two Ukrainians? See you in Ukraine soon. See you in Ukraine soon. See you in Ukraine That's soon. Easy. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it, Candace. Doesn't smell good well, to we'll me. See. Thank you very we'll much see. for calling the show. And that's what talk radio is. You think about it, you solve the problem, and you figure out how to fix it. That's what I want Trump to do. Everybody says you're a never-Trumper. No, no, no. I'm an absolute Trumper. He's got to absolutely do the right thing and stop with the nonsense. 312-642-5600. Love this song. We're in this predicament, not because of the socialists and the communists. They were always here. We're in it because of the Republicans and their lack of understanding, their lack of will, and their lack of fight. Obamacare, the yoke of failure and tyranny that is around our necks to this day and going nowhere but gaining strength. What What was the fight exactly? Nothing. Now you're managing it. You could go all the way back. Go to Social Security. Go to Medicare and Medicaid. Go to the welfare system. You think I want these people in charge? There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there. Good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along. Now, I could go through the statistics of who pays taxes and who really doesn't. Right? 20% of the population pays for 94% of the taxes. You could go through all of that. And the people who tell themselves that they pay taxes but yet take advantage of child welfare credit systems where they actually get money back way above what they paid. Now they found a system to tax us all in a usury VAT tax. Yes, that's true. And they find ways to abuse us, and the poor people and the middle people pay the, the, the most of the usury taxes. That's true as well. But what's amazing to me is that the public, instead of rejecting this, this is 50% of your country is socialist. 50% of the country is embracing this. We cannot combat this and beat this by compromising with it. By saying, I reject this collectivism, but I take this kind. Well, Brazil has uh, really discounted, if you take a look at what's happened with their currency... They devalued their currency very substantially by 10%. Argentina also. And I gave them a big break on tariffs. 
and now and take you that break off. Because it's very unfair to our manufacturers and very unfair to our farmers. Our steel companies will be very happy and our farmers will be very happy with what yeah. Competition is the problem. Competition is the problem. Our companies are very unfair. It's the same verbiage, the same angle of a utopia promised if only we could turn it over to these people. The, the America we desire, what we deserve, is void of statism, is void of the iron fist. It's about us. It's about us earning the real economy, not the fake one. But we're losing this fight. And the Elizabeth Warrens, once they're in office, they are promising to double down. Quadruple the funding for Title I schools that teach low-income children. Yeah, quadruple it. Give them the resources they need. For a special ed teacher, you'll hear, you'll hear this one. We can fully fund IDEA so every child with disabilities gets the education they need. First time in history. And one more. It gives us enough money to put a new million dollars into every single public school in America. So, so the school system that fails, she wants to quadruple the spending. And then what is she going to do once she wins? As a presidential candidate, what are your thoughts on the Electoral College? Uh, I want to get rid of it. There you go. So here's my goal. My goal is to get elected and then to be the last American president elected by the Electoral College. See, because what they understand is, once you're a socialist, you're in the game. And they want the mobocracy. They, they can't operate under a republic, and they must destroy it. Now, they've done it first through their policies, that no matter how much they fail, they continue to use it as an excuse to seize more of your rights and more of your money. Now, this woman is guaranteeing, the one who looks like the Dutch boy from the paint can, the phony Indian, she's guaranteeing once she gets in, she's going to change the structure of our government so we can never really win again. See, they've already, they've already subverted us through the failure in their socialism. And now their answer is to grab totalitarian seizure of your life and your rights and your ability to vote them out. She's promising you to destroy the republic. Because what she understands, and the Republicans don't, is once people like what are on welfare, they like it. And that goes for corporations, too. There's corporate welfare. They call it the new conservatism. 312-642-5600. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Read a caller that hung up. I was going to take his call. He said he's watching on World War Two in color. You know they got World War Two in color now on History Channel, and how it you know it all starts from socialism, and that's true, except when you factor in Italy and Mussolini. Mussolini was a populist. He was a fascist, a populist, who wanted to have a symbiotic relationship with very select companies in Italy, and you know what? He got elected. Populism gets votes because people want to believe that they're protected they want to believe that there is this body that'll look out for them and the betterment of the country and everybody wants to be a patriot problem is sometimes you get flip-flop in europe it is patriotic to be subservient to government because europeans are are are, are used to being slaves to their government america that's why they came here to avoid that to get away from it america made a a system where the government is to be 
subservient to us. And I am asking you for an example of where government is subservient to you. Anywhere. You can't, you can't buy shampoo unless the government tells you it's okay. Well, I mean, you were walking around. We, we do the taglines, right? I, I watch the parades. Yay! Hey, home of the land of the free, home of the brave. I pledge allegiance to the flag. What the hell's going on here? I mean, to me, it's starting to look like we're a bunch of zombies. When's the last time a politician listened to the people? Kurt, thanks so much for calling the show. How are you? Yeah, hi, Sean. Uh, hang on. All right. Okay, great. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Sean, um, don't you think that this was an opportunity by Lori Lightfoot uh, after just endorsing Kim Fox to fire Eddie Johnson before he retired at the end of the year? I mean, you know, she made, she sounded sincere. She sounded like, yeah, you know, he was lying to me, and we uncovered the facts and all that, but... You know, right now she's getting it from all sides, and and uh, you know she, in my opinion, she just made a mistake by endorsing Kim Fox, and uh, Eddie Johnson was, you know, totally against uh, what happened in the Jesse Smollett case. Yeah, that's true. Well, here's the thing: the problem I have with with Chicago Democrats isn't the fact that they're all sort of mafia figures. But the, the problem I has, have is that they're social engineers. So do I think that Lori Lightfoot did this because she's a principled woman of strength? No, she didn't like Eddie Johnson from the time she was running. She doesn't like police. She thinks their agenda is against the people versus for the people. And in some cases, I get it. It does look like she can be justified on specific issues and topics. So I think she took advantage of an opportunity that presented herself to to make a statement, and she did. And you know something? Even though we don't agree with somebody politically, we can recognize sometimes when they do things that needed to be done. Now, as far as supporting Kim Fox, she's supporting Kim Fox because she's on the team. So she's just as culpable as all the rest of them. She's not a knight in shining armor. She's not going to fix the things of Chicago. She took an opportunity to eliminate an enemy anyway. Um, that being said, I don't know how you could look at Kim Fox and see she's a success when you have everything that she's touched turned to mud. And I'm being radio friendly. But, you know, in particular, the girl who was uh, killed and raped, that's, that, that's a direct result of prison reform where they're letting people out of prison early based on blanket um, prosecution versus individual cases. And you know something? Kim Fox may very well get elected. That's why I say, you know, Kurt, our faith in our, in our fellow citizens, if you're in Illinois, how do you have it left when you realize who they're electing and how they continue to reelect them? So I don't think that, you know, I agree with this particular move. I think Lori Lightfoot is a scoundrel just like the rest of them. And I don't give her the time of day on this. But that doesn't mean I can't recognize, good that you fired Eddie Johnson. He was clearly lying. It was a cover story. And we need to break the strength of the, of the union that will protect its members at the behest of the citizens. But that's what all unions do. And by the way, thank you for giving me a segment into why I also fear the Buttigigs. Another thing that I think we ought to do is make it possible for people to organize across multiple employers. So this is especially clear for fast food workers. Imagine if not just McDonald's workers could decide across the board to unionize, but another way that it could happen would be in a local area. Maybe there'd be a Taco Bell across the street, 
and an Arby's down the road that all have pretty much the same story. Workers are facing the same challenges. The workers could come together and bargain collectively. So we could create a law that would empower workers to do that. We have to take these steps because without them, I think we're going to continue to see wages fall in this country. Remember, uh, the minimum wage today, if you figure in inflation... Uh, That's just too stupid when he starts talking about the economy. But notice the principle. The union is about protecting its members rather than enforcing the, the principles. They're protecting the players rather than enforcing the principles. That's why I reject them at all levels of, of work, the economy, and above all, municipalities. You want to fix things? Get rid of these municipal unions. First and foremost, that goes whether they're, they're city street workers or they're policemen. Get rid of the unions that would protect the people rather than enforce the principles. Because did the union fight to have police training only 14 weeks when the rest of the country is six months? They were more interested in the people versus the principles. That's why you must. That's why socialism fails, and that's why unions fail. I'll be here tomorrow, five to seven. Strap in and hang on.